Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus. Super Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus. All right, you heard the new intro. Ado's merged with the Super Coach Guns. We're called Super Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus because it fits in with my song. I wrote a new song for it and it fits because we both have super coach in the title. So it works perfectly. Now (laughs) we um, covered in our last one, we finished off with some double game round for round one. It's a real important round, I think, to start the year because you got to make the most of double game round players. And there's three teams on the double game round. So I thought that was a good point to end it. There's we, we listed 14 great players that people can think of. Um, you know, I don't know if you'd go too many pods outside of that. I think Nathan Coulton Isle, as you mentioned in the previous one, our last person was probably very pottish. You could probably take a pod on him instead of someone like um, Zampa, you know, but I think those are probably the main ones that you'd probably start with um, in your team. Now we're moving on to the next round because we did say forward planning is key. Um, into the round two, we've got a super coach relevant team in the Scorchers going into the double game round. Um, but you've also got the Thunder in there. Uh, that's why you load up on Thunder players in round one. Um, I think we probably, we covered that. You don't want to go five stars, three Thunder, you know, and um, one striker, two strikers. The ones that you want to limit are the stars because they're going to be on the buy in round two. The Thunder are going to get back-to-back double game rounds. So that should have that should influence your round one team those those teams going into the buy in round two and the ones that have got this, the double game uh, in round two. Yeah, no, um, agreed. I think there is a world where you stack your side with maybe four, even five thunder. The only issue will be is that they have the buy after the round two. Yep. So uh, unless you're willing to use a trade boost early, then I think you you, you don't go all out on the Thunder, even though they have two doubles in a row. Because like in all likelihood, you're trading out three stars round one. Yeah. I think if like we say everything is, uh, you've got to manage your risks. So I think you just got to work it out as simple as that. No more than three stars. You know, um, you could probably have a luxury of four or five, um, you know, um, you can have four or five of the Thunder, and you can even actually have um, a few of the Strikers because they don't actually go into a buy. So you can have yourself yeah. a few Strikers if you wanted to balance it out. Um, it probably makes more sense to go more Strikers than it does Stars because they, the Strikers yeah. go straight into a buy. Um, so look, um, it's going to be the Scorchers and the Thunder into the double game round, round two. We've obviously mentioned the ones we like from the Thunder because they're in the double game round for round one. Who are some players you can rattle off the important ones that are key, um, obviously from the Scorchers who are going to be into the double game round in round two? Well, let's start with the fleeting obvious. Uh, Mitch Marsh, definitely. Um, just fork out the money to pay it. Like, mm. The dude bats at three and has at times bowled four overs. Like, it, yeah. it almost, it's almost the best role in Supercation. I think it might be, actually. Because I don't think Matt Short bowled four very often this year. I think it's Mitch Marsh who's going to have the best role in Super Coach. Bring him in, lock him into your team, and yeah, definitely captain him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you there's no reason not to go Marsh at all. Um, yeah. Is there any danger of him missing for? He's not going to be in the Test squad, is he? Oh, he's. If if something were to happen to Cameron Green, he would probably be in the team at six. Yeah, like, that'd be devastating. You just, you just got to hope nothing happens to Cameron Green. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, he's young and durable. So hopefully that's yep. the go. Um, Yeah, look, Marsh is your number one. He's your captain option probably from the round two. Um, and you've got to have him. Um, I, I've gone Richardson in there. He It's yep. Bolt and Richardson. They're the wicket-taking. They're their best bowlers. I think they've got a few options, obviously, the Scorchers in Ty and Ber- Berendorf. But Richardson is the premium gun bowler. He's so good. Yeah, he and also he was priced at around two hundred and ten thousand last year, and then missed due to injury. And now, as a result, he's one hundred and fifty thousand. So he's underpriced. Um, also, he can bat like he can hit a quick fire twenties, which is exactly what you want in Super Coach. Um, he's a shooting for your round two 
Yep. I mean, you've got you've got your Sams, you've got your Hales, you've got your Willies. Um, you know, in going into round two, you're pumping a Marsh and Richardson. You've got some real quality in your double game round yeah. for round two. Um, Phil Salt, he's gone over to um, the Scorchers. Now he's he's interesting. He's probably the one English batter who never really kicked on even after a couple of stints. So I'm surprised he actually got taken again. Yeah, I was going to say um, he gave me the shits anytime I owned him in Supercoach. I think the thing with Phil Salt is that he does give the Scorchers a backup keeper option, which means they're not forced into playing Cameron Bancroft. Um, so say something were to happen to Alex Carey. Josh Inglis is straight into the test team, batting at seven and keeping for Australia, which meant which would last year left the strike left the uh, Scorchers either reliant on Cameron Bancroft, and when Bancroft couldn't play, they were reliant on calling up a local player to quickly keep for them. So having Phil Salt there, who can bat at the top of the order and keep, I think that's uh, that's really good for them and. It'll be interesting to see how he does with the bat. I've never been a huge fan, but, you know, I probably won't pick him. Mm -hmm. I'd rather watch and see. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to take a risk on him. Um, But, look, I've heard that he's in recent decent form, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Other names in there, we've got um, Inglis, who's a bargain, and as long as he doesn't go into that Australian team, he should open really open. Uh, top top three probably like either way you pay up eighty seven thousand if you're batting in the top three or four. Yep. Um, Ty. Ty. I I think he's a he's fairly priced. Like his price is probably what I would pay for him. I pay one hundred and fifty five for Ty. Um, I, I think. Look, it depends on how they structure their bowling lineup. Um. If they really, if they really, if they're serious and they want to play um, hats of glue over Matthew Kelly, which if you looked at Supercoach only, you'd think that's a stupid idea, <laughs> but it's true that's what they did last year and it worked for them. If they continue with that, then I think Andrew Ty is pretty much a locked-in player for me because mm. uh, that assures him of the death overs. I mean, because they have so many good death bowls, like Time O'Neill's and Matthew Kelly. They would be the best death bowlers at most clubs. Yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Mills. Um, you've got Berendorf. Um, I've always Jai, been... Jai Richardson himself. Yep. Um, and look, Kelly, he's two hundred and something K because he he performs yeah. every time he gets a go. Exactly. And so if he does get a go, I think I think I'd pay up in the double, which is controversial, but it's also because no one's willing to pay for it, that's probably where you say, well, I think there's something there because he performs every time he plays. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of why, like, you know, I think we're talking about pods and going the road less travelled. I don't want a cookie-cutter team, so I think that Kelly would definitely be why. Everyone will go Ty, they'll go Berendorf. You know, usually when I'm picking Scorchers, I always go Richardson and then one of either Ty, Dorf, Kelly. I go like that. So that's going to always be the case, I think, with them. People are going to pick like that. Um, Any other names? Tymel Mills, yeah. yeah Tymel Mills. Um, he's a really good bowler. Very good bowler. Um, he was really good for the Scorchers last year. Uh, it, I would probably pick outside of Berendorf, who I don't think is that great for Super Coach, although he's a good bowler. I would probably pick the less owned, least owned pace bowler of yep. the lot that's playing. Um, Ashton Agar, I should throw in there. He. He'll have the exact same role he did last year. Lead spinner, batting at six or seven, used as the finishing finisher with the bat. Um, and he bowls the important middle overs. It's a good role. 160000 for a double. I think I'd, I think I'd pay up. I think I'd play him with confidence. Yeah. All right. Um, so in um, that round, we've got um, the, we, we know that we've got the stars on the bye. We also have the Brisbane Heat on the bye. Um, so, you know, you, you're going to want to, um, pump up the heat for the next round because they're going to go into round three on the double game round. Um, 
Who are some players mm. that you like from the Brisbane Heat this year? They're going to be ones you're obviously targeting um, because um, there's no one else on the double game round. Yeah. Round. Yeah. So for strategy-wise, I, I wouldn't bench any Heat players. I would just sell them and bring them back in because there's no point saving trades, right? So I would just trade in three Heat players that round. I wouldn't bother with the four. Like, it's not... It, not it's not shaping up to be a very super coach relevant team outside of a few key individuals. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Michael Nessa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if common sense prevails, he'll be batting at seven and bowling and opening the bowling and being the spearhead of this Brisbane Heat attack. He's possibly, he's definitely their best pace bowler. Um, he's probably the best of the lot with the bat in terms of quality. Um, and he's only 110000 It's It's really cheap for what he could offer. Um, in terms of death bowling, just junk time wicket takers who have also thrown the bat a little bit, uh, Mark Steckity and Xavier Bartlett. Um, Steckity probably more so than Bartlett because I think actually Mark Steckity actually has some quality about him with the ball, whereas Bartlett certainly doesn't. Um, I think sticking at 170,000 for a double is a great call, particularly if you're replacing, say, Daniel Sands with Mark Stephanie. That's just the easy switch sideways trade. I uh, I really do like Stephanie. Uh, but at the top order, Colin Munro. Yeah. Really like him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I've got Munro in there. I had Nessa as number one. I had Billings in there. Um, look, I think Billings is just quality. I've got him there with the Q. I think he's quality. He's just an expert gun for hire in B in, in T20. Um, and I think if you're going to look, I mean, pure bat only, it's probably Renshaw, Munro and Billings. I think Renshaw might bat too low. Um, so yeah, but Munro, he's one of those, he's an X factor, isn't he? Munro, he can, and that's one of the things about Lynn too. I, I, that it could be a little um, sidebar is that he's playing and he's going to play half his games at Adelaide Oval. He's, and he's, it's a beautiful ground and he can, he can whack it out of the, out of a, at a lovely ground. Although he's been playing at the Gabba, which isn't a bad track either to smash some balls out of as well. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Um, and then probably if I was to, if he does play um, as a cheaper option, I don't mind a bit of, Max Bryant, um, he had a really good finish the last three games. I think he scored two seventies, um, and he just he slowed it down a little bit. He wasn't striking, trying to strike at one eighty, one ninety. He struck at one thirty. He got seventy or fifties. He batted really well. And just touching on cheap heat players, uh, Mitch Swepson as well. He, he seems to for a double player at a hundred thousand. That just I feel like it's still too cheap for him. He should be worth 140. And so I think I'd be only, I think I'd be willing to own him uh, for that double because, all, again, with all spinners, as long as they're defending a total, they're usually okay. It's very toss dependent with the spinners. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing is, because they're one team on the buy round, unless you use um, a boost where you could bring in four. Nisa would be one I'd be definitely targeting. I'd probably grab Steckity and I'd probably put a couple, you know, like a Munro, yeah. a Billings. You, you might have one spot up for grabs where you can go a pod, I think. But I think your Nisa, your Steckity and someone, an international like Billings or Munro will probably take up one of your, you know, four spots most likely. Um, yeah. All right. So that's round three. Uh, On to the round four. There's no teams on the double game round. Um <clears throat> So I really think that that's a chance for you to start building up. That's the thing you said, like, you know, if there's not the quality there, there's one team. I think most people are going to probably have, it'll be a combo of three, four, five heat players in that double game round. Then you can start building up now in round four for your round five in round five. We have the renegades and the sixes. Um, So I guess in round four, you start buying sixes and, Gades, if you like any A, to build up yeah, for five. I'd be getting the out-and-out gun players from those teams. So you look at your Kane Richardsons, your Josh Felipe's, your Sean Abbott's, and pending form and role, Daniel Christian probably qualifies in that as well. 
Um, you get your guns, so you get more time out of those. You get single game round as well as uh, the double game. So you get three games out of them rather than two. Yep. So I'd be going the guns first and then your pods, riskier ones later. Yeah, yeah, I think um in round four, like you said, you got someone, you know, you might you might be going a um speculative player, but and going, oh, well, I'll start pumping up my numbers, but they may fail in that single round when you play him. Someone like Sean Abbott's not going to do that. So he's the first one that you should grab. Um, yeah, he's the one that, you know, he's an absolute animal for super coach. I love him. People who there was some oh, talk talk to people and they go that defined my year. I just paid up and I started with Abbott and you know because we when we had COVID, people took a pun on him and he did play you know the game yeah. and he absolutely brained it. In round four, the first player I'm going to trade in is going to be Sean Abbott. Um, what do you yeah. mean, Philippi, for this year? I, I haven't started with him. I just feel like he's often a bit hot and cold at the start, and he finds his consistency in the middle of the tournament. Uh, and also there's so many, there's so much value at keeper. I think you just build, that's a great place to build some money, some value there. Like, oh, if he, if Jukes does somehow have two good double game rounds, he'll be worth 130,000 in no time. And Josh Inglis, he's probably should be worth not quite double what he's worth right now, but around 150, 160,000. Like, yeah, I, really I think you've got to look, yeah, you look at um, the first three rounds and you'll get a feel for how, what kind of form Philip is in because he is someone that can hurt you, I reckon, if he's yeah, on. No. But you'll yeah. know you, that's the good thing about round four because, you, and but I wouldn't, and he wouldn't be one of the ones that I bring in first. I bring in Abbott and I'd probably bring in Dan Christian first because they're bankable, a bit more bankable. Um, yeah. You are high on Dan Christian this year. I am because of this statistic. Um, in games where Daniel Christian hasn't played, Tom has had not had Tom Curran in his team throughout his entire Sixers career. He's averaged sixty mm. without Tom Curran there. When he's when Tom Curran has been in that side, he's averaged seventeen. So, not but when there's no Tom Curran, he's the main middle middle order all rounder, and that's what he's shaping up to be this year. The Sixers used Hayden Kerr in a plug the gap role last year because of his versatility with the bat and the ball. Uh, Sean Abbott, they do like in his role at batting at eight usually, and so they put they put Hayden Kerr at seven. They got him bowling, you know, three to four overs a game. Uh, Dan Christian batted at six and did pr- roughly the same thing in the middle overs. However, like he's probably got a power surge over him. And that's when wickets are taken. Um, I really do like Dan Christian because he has such a high ceiling. Like if you look back to last year, against the Perth Scorchers, mind you, you know, who were very good in this match, he scored 73 or 59 and took two for 10 or three overs or something like that. Yeah, like, he's just one of those players that can just pull out a, ma- a magic moment. You know, he's, yeah. he's got the magic around him. That's why he's so successful around the world. He just has a magic exactly. moment in him. Um, and yeah, look, and that, you know, he will bowl and he'll probably yeah. bat every game. So you're going to get at least yeah. a chance of something out of him. Um, I like Torsius. Um, He may not be the guy for you. I think, you know, I probably almost prefer Dan Christian because he bats and bowls. Um, he's I like Torsius as a cricket player, just personally. Yeah, well, I mean, it brings something different, that really skinny left-arm pacer who, whose pace is a bit um, underestimated. I think he's quicker than what it seems. Oh, I, he's a really good bowler. I agree. Yep. And I don't well, know at times, thinking. yeah, you see, at times he can, be, he can spray it a little bit. He's probably, he's only four with the ball. Um, I don't think I'd take him over those guns, but I might trade him in round five. Yeah, maybe. I'm saying that. Stephen O'Keefe. He can, yeah. he can oh. jag a wicket or two and score 150 times, can he? Oh, yeah. It's usually in a double that he does it. Like, it's I've never seen him do it in one single game round, score 90, 100 points. He just does it in the doubles for some reason. Yeah. Um, I certainly wouldn't trade him in in, the, in round four because he's bowling off like a four-step run-up. He's dawdling in a 
90, 80 kilometres an hour at times. Um, yeah, and who knows? He's due to drop off at some point considering he's, I think, around 40 still playing uh, cricket. So Yeah, he could be a real pod move for you. Um, Vince. Um, Vince. Yeah, um, way too cheap for what he's capable of. Um, he's almost certain to should be a certainty in your double game round sides. Uh, the good thing about Vince is that he's not in the World Cup squad. Yep. So from a non-owning, non-owner perspective, it's going to take him a while to get into the rhythm of the tournament. So I would expect him to pretty much be around his value come round five. And that's roughly when he'll get into his best work. Yeah, so I think I'm going to probably grab, you know, Abbott, Oh, in the first round, because I'm going to grab, you know, any renegades that are irrelevant, and I'll probably grab Kane Richardson. I'll grab Abbott, and I'll probably grab a DC to start with, and then I'll choose what I like to get for the round um, yeah. five. We mentioned um, Richardson. Another name, another few names there from the renegades that we can mention um, is um, Source. He's going around again this year. Um, Marsh. Yeah, yes, there we go. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I don't know. He, he, he didn't really light it up last year. It was just, I'd like to see him perform in shield cricket before I make a call. Like, you know, he, he didn't do very much with the bat last year. He was injured for a little bit of it as well. Um, he's nearing the end of his career. I think if he's in form, it's going to be hard not to pick him. But I just, I think I will, I would rather wait and see. Um, also, just noticed um, in the last episode when I was talking about how Joss Butler has been linked to the Renegades for a four-game stint. Mm. Well, the Renegades don't have a buy at all. So he's not going to be available for your round five double if he does get picked up. Mm. Well, you wish so that... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's going to be a, a short and sweet little stint, and you could, you yeah, know, I mean, you're probably so, as a non-double game round player, you'd probably still be tempted to take him for those four, the four that he does yeah. play, but he's not going to be there yes. for this double game round. Yeah, that's the point. Um, and a guy called Akil Hussain from mm. the West Indies, uh, one hundred five thousand. Uh, think of him as like a West Indian Ashton Agar. Yeah, he's got. Plays pretty much the exact same style, left arm, off spin, darts the end. Um, he's he's good, very good player. And he can bat. He can bat quite well. Um, yeah, I saw him the other night. He whacked a 30 off pretty good, decent time as well for them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind him. I put him down. Like he's been I've, – I've kept track of how he's been going in the last uh, two months worth of – uh, cricket for him in T20. So he's played in the Caribbean Premier League in a couple of matches down here. Uh, and he's been averaging around 60 points a game, mm. bowling four overs, getting a bit of a bat. Um, yeah, he looks, he, I, if I was, like, as I said before, the best comparison is uh, West Indian Ashton Agar. And Ashton Agar is worth 60,000 more than him. So, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's a name that people probably won't know as much as they do some of the others, but he's definitely somebody that around round five, you can have a little bit of a think about it based on what you've seen so far. Majid. Majid, yeah. Um, I think for a double, I'd probably pick him. I think you would. I think you'd almost have to, just because mm. unlike Brisbane, unlike the Gabba, uh, Marvel Stadium is much more... Uh, Friendly to spin bowling, so yeah. I would, I would think that I would lean towards picking Majid at that point. Um, even if you, he's not actually that bad of an option to start with if you wanted a real left field pod. Like he's a hundred, he's hundred and ten thousand. Yeah, probably, there was one period there. I think it was averaging seventy five. He only had an eight or nine yeah. game stint. Um, yeah. Look, and in that team, you've got Richardson is their absolute out-and-out gun, and then you can pretty much you know, go whatever you like. Uh, you know, the, It's a bit of a drop-down, I think, and Majib is definitely mm. one in that tier below that if you wanted to just pump up your numbers. Um, yeah. On that round, you've also got the Strikers and the Hurricanes into a buy. We're going to leave it 
at round five um, for uh double game rounds but you do have the hurricanes coming up to a yeah. double so they you might want to hold if you've got a hurricane or two in their strikers you you know you've been able to hold all the way up to that point and then they're going into that buy so they're the ones that i would sell um and i'd probably be tempted to um hold you know my hurricanes yeah no agreed all right well we're going to move on to um look i've got a sound effect for this lock him in lock him oh, in well who are your first five picked who are your locks for your team look i know oh. a, a lot of it can be skewed by the fact that they're double game round players but yeah. you know we found out there that you're probably not going to go some of the players that i'm going to go so we have different priorities who's your top your first five picked uh, i will look at this from an unbiased uh non-double game perspective uh, the first pick is probably still uh, Daniel Sams. I think the pedigree, the role, it's either improved or not changed at all. So I see him being a must-own for the entirety of the season. Um, then I look at number two being Rashid Khan, superstar player. Uh, he's still got it with ball in hand. And I know last year when I was, I said to myself, oh, I reckon I could go a bit pod here and not own Rashid for the last few games. <laughs> and sure enough, his last game of the tournament, he pumps out a six far. Mm. So I'm not making that mistake again. Uh, yep. So I'm owning Rashid Khan. Um, then my third player, uh, Matthew Short. Um, the role the price, the newly added dual position, it all makes him that much more appealing than the rest of my options. Um, number four, I've got Marcus Stoinis, purely because of the price and the ceiling he has. And number five, I have, um, I'm going to stay with my, I'm going to back David William. Yeah. He's my number five. Again, great role, great player. And he should comfortably average 60 this year in that role. Uh, close close fit was Daniel Christian, though, with the stats that I found out on him. And, you know, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fair to me. Look, we're the same. Sam's is my number one. Rashid is my number two. Um, I, all the, for all the reasons that you said, um, I, looking at it in an no, absolutely non double game round sense, my number three is going to be Mitch Marsh. Like you said, there's no role better than it in the past. We probably said someone like Darcy short, cause he was bowling three over yeah. sometimes and opening the batting when he was in batting form. Um, Mitch Marsh has a supreme role in that team. So if I'm looking at it on pure average, I reckon Mitch Marsh will be the highest averaging player this year. So, um, you know, Sams and Rashid will give him a run for his money, but those are my first three picked Sean Abbott. Now it doesn't really fit your season to start. I think with Sean Abbott, he's worth too much money, but when that round four comes, I'll probably bring Abbott in and not move him from my team, barring any emer you know anything that happens um, yeah. for the rest of the year. I think that those guys um, are just a quality. Um, look, Abbott doesn't. He's improved his batting. He's my, he's an all rounder. <laughs> yeah, like he's oh, he's still got that death bowling junk time in him, and he's actually a better bowler from it still, and he's yeah. also. Like you said, he's improved his batting and he has a massive ceiling yep. for Supercoach. Um, look, uh, for me, uh, what am I up to now? Number five, I would have say I th I actually had Willie in there as well, um, but I, I don't know whether it was part of my um, prejudice. Well, well, what is it? Because I, I love him and I think um, – you know, it's like a, it's going to be Sam's or Willie, the same sort of role. I think as an international, he'll be, he'll, they'll roll out the red carpet. He's just yep. got a sort of a knack about him. It was, it was between him and Inglis. I reckon Inglis is due for a bounce back year. Um, and I reckon he could be somebody that absolutely brains it this year um, with the bat. Um, next segment, because um, we've got our first, we've got our locks. Fading. 
<laughs> who are you going to fade um, to start the oh. year? We talked about a couple of those in round one, but is there anyone that you're like completely off this year for super coach that you're just not going to go there? You sort of said, I'm not, I'd rather go Rousseau than Lynn. You're not going to get on the Lynn train this year. Lynn is my very first fade. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going him. I think, I just think it's, he passes prime. We're not, we might see one game of insanity at some point. Um, but it, knowing Chris Lynn, it won't be the double. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think even the changing clubs, the sign that the Brisbane Heat didn't want him, even though he's like their favourite son, I think it all points to the fact that he's he's due to wrap up soon. Yeah. So we've got Lynn. What else do you got? Yeah. Anyone else? Um, okay. I've got Xavier Bartlett. Yep. Um, even though he's probably on my list of potential buyers for the double when they play, um, he's he's priced too high for someone with such poor job security. Like if we dropped at any given moment for Matt Kuhneman and I'm not paying 210000 for someone who could be dropped just like that after one bad game. So he's on my fade. Um, another fade I've got here is Henry Thornton, who from the Adelaide Strikers. Um, again, He's in a battle with Wes Agar for the final spot in the Adelaide Strikers lineup, And I think Wes might get it. But even if Henry Thornton does, he could easily lose his spot game one. And then he doesn't play both games of the double. And he's also, he's also worth 164000 So, again, price too high for someone with such poor job security. Yep. Uh, then the next one I've got here is Hayden Kerr. Um, his role's too serious. If we find out that he's opening the batting with Josh Felipe, then sign me up. <laughs> um, but that'll be an easy decision. Um, but for now, I've got him in my predicted side, I've got him batting seven and just plugging the gaps in their lineup. Um, and the other fade I have, uh, where is he? Oh, I've forgotten his name. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, yes, controversial one. Yeah, Ben McDermott. Oh, yeah, mate, that's yeah. unbelievable. This I've got, I think I have cause... a sound effect for, for that. No, that's not it. Oh, damn, I haven't got it. I've got, I've got one a sound effect that says, "Are you for real?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is going to take a bit of explaining, but two hundred twelve thousand for someone with only one aspect in their role. Like I would willingly pay two hundred thousand dollars for a bowler or a uh, all rounder, but for someone who could get out, could get out for a first ball duck, and has done so a few times. Mm. Like every time he had a big score last year, unless it was in a double round, he backed it up with a zero. So after he scored three hundred and forty-seven points in a double game round, zero, and then he backed it up with eleven after he scored two hundred and six points. He then backed it up with 28. So he's such a hot and cold player yeah. that I don't think I'd be willing to pay 212000 for him. And also he was in probably the form of his life last yeah. year. So if he if he gets better than, from that, he's probably going to be in the Australian team before you know it anyway. So he's my fave and it's yeah. controversial. <laughs> I like yeah. to be controversial. Yeah, look, I mean, he's one of those ones, if there was a double game round, I wouldn't be able to resist him. They're, the season's well and truly underway. You will kind of know what he's on, how, what kind of form yeah. he's in. Um, but, you know, I, if I went into a double, I think I had him in the double game round when he went off and I and I was yeah. just like, what a weapon. Um, look, number one fade for me is going to be um, Zampa. Yeah. Now, I did mention him as somebody um, that you could go into the double game round in round one, but I kind of prefer someone like Nisa who, you know, you, you've got a chance if he does, like you said, I think he should be the spearhead of their attack bowling wise, which means he's going to get to bowl, you know, in the, in the times where you need your best, your best bowler. Um, and I think he's a chance with the way that they collapse. And I don't think that players like Renshaw are going to help it. You know, I, I think um, he's going to get a chance to hit to bat. I think probably maybe ahead of players like Baisley and Bartlett, 
So yeah. um, I'm going to fade Zamps. I just think the thing, Zampu on the world stage is reliable and he's economical. I don't know whether that's the where I'm going to be leading this year. I think I can see him getting a wicket or two. I don't know if I can see him getting three or four. Yeah, no. I, like, yeah, only in like a couple of instances will he take those big wicket hauls. Otherwise, he's just going to be that one for 20 or four overs, nice and just consistent. He's not going to do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's on a double game round in round one. Um, you know, you're going to be making decisions between, you know, Zampa, Nisa, you know, but and I'm I've seen him in a lot of teams of people that are posting because the the price is right. When you see the price is right this year, you got to sort of ask yourself a question: Why is the price right? Um, and look, I, I he's an absolute world class bowler. I just think in the BBL. You know, they've all played against him a lot more. So maybe he doesn't get as many wickets. I don't know. Um, I'm going to fade him to start the year. Another one that I'm going to um, fade was, uh, look, I mentioned Baisley and Bartlett. I just think their role probably goes down now when you bring in um, Billings and you bring in Renshaw. You know, they just moved down the order. And I think, um, you know, Nice is going to bowl. Steckity's going to bowl. Bartlett and Baisley, I don't think either of them will necessarily get four overs in a game, or particularly yeah. Baisley not. Um, so I just think last year that kind of worked at times for people going them. I don't think it's their go this year. Um, and where was my last one? Um, look, I'm going to probably skip Berendorf and Ty. I think, you know, you, when you've got options like Marsh and Richardson, um, I think over there, you know, I might go and when I'm getting scorches, I might go another couple of other players, you know, that, and it could be one of them, but it won't be both mm. of them. Um, I'll just pick which one I like out of them. I just think, um, you know, Berendorf, you, you, you know, you're, you're running a risk that he, if a team starts well, because he only bowls in the first four overs, you know, so yeah. he's been good. And he's, oh, I think he's done, he's, he's, he's juiced out a lot out of his opening four overs, but it scares me when they're someone's pigeonholed into a role like that. You know, I yeah. think um, you know, it could be a worry. Oh, look, if Ty's Ty keeps reinvigorating himself, so I'm not, I'm not putting an absolute line through him, but I think from them, you know, I might um I might limit myself with how many of those bowlers I go. I don't think it because there's a, they've got a good bowling outfit. I think that players like Berendorf are probably, yeah. you know, they get pigeonholed into that role. Beautiful. All right, now yeah. let's move it on to our teams. We can name our, our teams. teams. Do you want me to go Ooh. first and name my team? Or do you want to go so. first? Yeah, all right. Um, look, I'll get it up on the screen. In my keeper position, I've gone with Jilks and I've got uh, Inglis on the bench. I think the, the value is too great in those players. I've done, a, I've done a round of my team where I had Joe Clark in there because I thought um, most people are going to go Jilks and Inglis, so to keep... You know, to be different, I'm going to go and whack in, um, you know, uh, Joe Clark. But I've I've settled on Jilks and Inglis just to because I I don't mind starting the year with non-playing reserves. I like a non-playing reserve in my bat and bowl to be able to loop. Um, when I had Clark in there, I had some. I had I only had you know, one D I was having Sutherland in there, you know, as one of my options <laughs> on the bench to, to, to look as a loop chance. And he's not going to score well enough for me, I think ever to loop, you know, most likely. So I settled on Jilks in the wicketkeeper position. I have Inglis on my bench in my bat batting position. I've gone with Matt short um, as my number one. He's a, got his newly found all around a status like, so he should. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I'm not going to go Matt Short this year, but you and I knew that Matt Short was going to bowl and he's going to open the batting. He's going to bowl at least an over or two. They like to start this, you know, you catch him on the hop and he, and he's a good fielder too. Um, yeah. So I just think that he is going to be right up there again this year. He's 197,000. I didn't see any reason why he's not going to have a great year again this year. Um Glenn Maxwell, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And I'm not going to be one of the don'ts. I'm going to start because they got the double game round in round one. I'd love to see him do well in this World Cup just to, you know, I want to see some big show, even just some show. I'll, I'll see some show. We'll make it, um, you know, make me feel a little bit better. But I'm going to be starting with him. Um, Daniel Sams is in my bat. He's a no-brainer. We've already talked about him at length. Um, Alex Hales. 
I've got him in 130k. He's on a double game round for the first two rounds. You, I've got, I think you've got to have him. I'm going to have him because you know he in one game he can score enough that you just kick your heels up in the second game. You know, yeah. or he can pull it from the fire in the second game, even if he gets out for a duck in the first one. Um, look in my starting position, I've got Tim David. Um, look, he's an absolute gun for hire and an absolute weapon. His value is very good in 89,000. Look, I've got Lynn on the bench in my first um, round because I've got the reserve on him. If Lynn fails in the first um, <laughs> first game, I'll play David instead of Lynn. Um, and that's my plan. Um, he's going to be my regular, you know, I've got him in the starting position and I've got Lynn on the bench. Um, look, I've also gone... So I've got Lynn on my bench with the reserve on him and I've gone Cooper Connolly. He's the bottom yep. price, cheapy bat bowl. I Look, one of the, I've got, I've got some questions that I've got in from the listeners that I'll ask you. And one of the questions is about non-playing reserves. My personal yep. opinion on it is I do not mind it because I think it's um, you're denying yourself a chance. If you don't have an NPR on the bench, unless you trade, if you bench, you trade after your bench, he does well. You could trade and, and make it so that you could loop them in, or you can just have it set up and, and use your funds to have good players in your team. And just each time you have a, a reserve on a batter or a bowler, you can have a look at someone on the bench first um, and then loop in the non-player reserve. So I've got Cooper Connolly in there. So that's my batting lineup. Um, into my bowling, I've got Rashid Khan. He's my captain probably in round one. Um you know, he's, he's was my, in my top two picked. So he's in there. Um, I've gone with Trent Bolt. I have gone with Trent Bolt. He's one of the luxuries I've spent. And look, there's no surprise names in any of the names that I've mentioned so far. And Trent Bolt's probably the most surprising really that most people wouldn't have in their team. He's expensive, 180 K. Um, I just think he's a wicket taker. And in that first round, He's just someone who I think can take five wickets or six wickets. Like you said, maybe recently he hasn't done it. I think the drop down in from international to um, BBL is probably a drop and he's going to have a world cup, you know, leading up to it, isn't he? So um, I'm, I'm just, I reckon he's going to come in in round one and he's going to get, um, he's going to get some wickets. Yeah. So yeah, he's he very well, he very well could do that. And that would, it would blow up in my face big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've gone and got him. Um, David Willey, I've well, he was on our top five, both of us. I think he's a good price at 149 uh, and 50. So he's in the team. I've gone with top Colin de Granholm. He's one that I probably wasn't a hundred percent sure on. Um, but I like him as a player where I've seen him. I think um, in that strikers team, you know, he's going to bat and bowl. And, you know, when we talk about team builds, we talk about all rounders. He's 125K. He's on a double game round in round five. And for the balance of my team um, to keep my stars down, um, you know, I've gone with, you know, a, a striker and DeGrandholm is my guy. Marcus Stoinis, he's going to take up the last starting position for my team. Hey, he's in 83,000. Stoin shit the bed last year in Supercoach uh, and in the BBL. He's got to have a bounce back, surely, Stoin. Yeah. He's going to have a World Cup as well. So he'll have been playing games in the lead up. Hopefully his body holds up because we know yeah. that he can find an injury. Um, uh, but he's in my team currently. On the bench, I've gone with Nisa. Um, look, I'll, I'll pick one of those guys to have on the bench and have a reserve on them um, to get a look at them in the first game. I think my risky ones in there are probably Lynn and Stoin, to be honest. And I, I think this is more of a sure thing. So I could probably, the stars play the first game so I could have Stoin on the bench. And if Stoin fails, you know, we could do it like that. Um, but that was the reason why I've gone with Jilks instead of Clark so that I could have somebody two 100k bench options to actually have their, you know, if you've got someone like Lynn and Stoin as your, your loop options and they, one of them comes off, you know, that's why I have non-playing reserves. Look, my other one is Caliper. What's his name? Calipotha. Yep. Calipotha's in there at the moment. He's sort of just a bench warmer. I'm going to have a bottom price cheapie. I don't care. Whoever's, I want a non-playing reserve there. Is that controversial? I've seen um, the great man, um, Tim Mitchell, you know, he's released his team there on Twitter and he's gone. He's got no non-playing reserves. He's got all, he's got 
two 100k yeah. plus players on his bench. If he had a, the the reserves on his players are worth nothing then because he's not going to be able yeah. to let them in. Yeah, and that's my thought too. If you're gonna go with the expensive bench, then you need to complement it with a non-player. Yeah, so you can. What's the point of having those players if all they're going to be yeah. doing is being a bench? I mean, look, you could be stacking a team. You know, you're going to have players who are, are going to potentially come up on a double game round. So you've got a better balance of, you know, extra players that could just be on a double game round. But to me, each while you're doing that, I'm getting a look at a batter and a bowler every single game. And if yeah. they come off, I'm going to loop them in and I'm going to enhance my score. Um, that's the team as it stands now. Um, you know, if I punch Lynn in instead of Tim David, let's do, I'm 1404 is my projected, which um, is a monster, you know, first round projection. Three teams on yeah. the buy though. Um, that's the team as it stands. Yeah, right. All right. I'll get into mine. I'll, full disclaimer, my projected is not as high as yours. It's at 1250. Uh, uh, so we'll start out at Keeper. I've got Matt Jilks and Josh Inglis. Uh, Matt Jilks, oh, I feel like He's finally due for his big breakout year. Um, everything's pointing towards him finally going big. He's got no real threat to his top order role, batting, opening the batting. Um, and he plays four, four times in the first two rounds. So is there much risk? No, no not really. So I, I like him as, a, as an option. Uh, the bench keeper is Josh Inglis. That's a pretty obvious one. Uh, you're looking at a cheap keeper who is an international quality and uh, is due to have a bounce back year in a big way. And in the batting, I've got Matthew Short. That was an obvious pick. Uh, bowling, a couple of overs, opening the batting, aggressive batting. And he usually takes, you know, at least a catch every two games. So I think that's an easy one. Glenn Maxwell, that's just a pick so that I don't get uh, blown out of the water in case he scores 200 in the double. Um, David Willey, uh, yeah, he's really good. He's got that great role we've kept, we've talked about a lot, so I won't, won't keep going. Um, I've got Shadab Khan mm. from the uh, Hobart Hurricanes yeah. uh, because he's projected to bat six and bowl four overs, and he's a very underrated batsman in the t- in T20s. And he will bat six for them. They'll put Tim David at five. Shadow will bat six. And then um, he's the lead spinner. So you can lock him in for four overs. And so I think that's just the, that's in that Daniel Sands mold for elite roles. And he's $125,000. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, 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 look, I've, I would li- I'd be lying if I said I didn't have him in there. I, I kind of just went, well, he's got no double game round for ages. So, but, you know, he's got, it's like a double game round every week because he's going to bat and bowl, isn't he? Yeah, that was also part of my thinking. Um, then I've also got Marcus Stoinis. He's so cheap, it has to be picked. Um, Riley Rousseau is my mm. emergency batsman. Mm. So Riley Rousseau, we've talked about, you know, in fantastic form, he scored a couple of hundreds in internationals, a couple of hundreds in the T20 Blast, leading run scorer in the T20 Blast. It's about to get acclimatised to the Australian conditions at the top of the order for South Africa in the World Cup. Um, and he's cheap, $105,000. Easy bench to loop as well because he plays that first game. Um, so I... I haven't seen much of a reason not to pick him yet. Mm. Uh, the bench batsman, the NPR, with Cameron Green, that is purely so I can get my bench loop through and so I can get uh, dual position flexibility and as well later on in the season when he comes back from Australian duties, um, he's going to be carving it up because he's probably in about at the top of the order. Uh, they're going to have to accommodate Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green, and that's going to be great to watch for, from Perth. Uh, in the bowlers, I've got Rashid Khan as my captain. That's an easy one. Uh, plays twice. Uh, you know, plays at Adelaide. Um, easy, easy option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Sams is my vice captain. Um, I, yeah, I don't need to go into too much detail there, do I? But obvious. Pick and a great 
wife captaincy option. Uh, Daniel Christian is my third. Uh, the $140,000 price tag compounded with the 60 average without Tom Curran there. The great role should continue. Um, Colin de Grandhome, I think, is just the Kiwi Dan Christian, and I think he'll play the exact same role for the Adelaide Strikers in the exact same way. So I think at 125000 that's a great uh, purchase, particularly with the double. Uh, Nathan Coulter-Nile is my fifth bowler. Mm. Uh, $100,000, he had pedigree. He's averaged 67 in the past. Um, and he can he's the sort of guy that could pick up, uh, you know, five or six wickets across the two games just by bowling slower balls at the death. And he's got teams who I think are going to throw the bat a bit at the end in the Sydney Thunder and the Hobart Hurricanes. So I'm expecting wickets. I'm expecting for Coulton Isles to take wickets. Now, my bench bowlers are a bit controversial. So the emergency bowler is Billy Stanlake. Yeah, big Billy Stanlake. And it was Joel Paris up until this morning. So what's happened is that Joel Paris has gotten injured, as we talked about in the last episode. And we've also talked about how... Um, Fahim Ashraf will miss the first few games. So that opens up for not only Billy Stanlake to play, but probably Chris Tremaine. And Billy Stanlake is probably the best bowler out of all their depth that isn't in their main 11. So out of, say, Chris Tremaine, Will Parker, Paddy Dooley, and Billy Stanlake, I think you take Billy Stanlake every time out of those four. So, and he's only, he's not even 70,000. Billy. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm like, that's a very low risk pick for someone who has the upside to probably double in value if he's back to his original best. And uh, the um, non reserved emergency on my bench is uh, Will Sutherland. I've bought into the hype. <laughs> I, 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 I just think it's time that he started. Like his breakout's got to come soon because with the current list that the Renegades have, you're looking at Sutherland batting at seven with Akila Sane potentially batting at six. Maybe, maybe that's lower than Sutherland. But if there is an opportunity for Will Sutherland to really impress and cement himself in this Renegades lineup. And I think once he, if he does impress and cement himself in the lineup, He'll inherit a good role, and he'll be able to do a bit with it. Average seventeen last year. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> he played. He played eleven games too, so it's not like he didn't get enough games. Yeah, it's uh, oh yeah, I know. Um, so I'm just hoping that I have never picked him before, right? So I'm hoping that I put the good luck on him. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you have. Um, look, so in that, um, is your whole starting lineup for round one double game round players? Because you've obviously got um, a couple in there, like um, Christian, who's not a double game rounder. I mean, he bats and bowls. I've got, I've got Christian and Shadam Khan, who aren't all rounders, who aren't double game players. And yeah. I have uh, probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm going to say, if you don't think, if you don't count Rashid Khan as an all rounder, which I probably wouldn't nowadays, I've only got, I've got nine guys contributing two times a game. So yeah. I've got the keeper, obviously, and then I've got eight all rounders. Yeah. Look, I mean, and that actually is a really interesting point because I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of it, I get obsessed with the double game round players. Yeah. And sometimes in rounds I've been in head to heads, I've had like two extra players and I've just gone with risky players. They've failed and the other person scores the same as me and they haven't, they haven't gone in as hard. So, yeah. you know, if you look at it in that sense, if someone bats four overs and, and gets a, you know, a, a bull, sorry, bowls four overs and then gets a bat, they can outscore it. We've seen so many players that can outscore people on a double game yeah. round. So, you know, if someone like Shadab Khan has a great role for 125,000, maybe you don't go with, you know, a Zampa um, because he's going to get as he's going to get two opportunities in that first round. And so is Zampa. He's going to get two bowls. So, yeah. you know, that's an int- a way to think of it is about a, a, a genuine all rounder gets two goes a game. Um, yeah. 
so you don't necessarily have to exclude yourself i mean that's the thing about um the great man tim mitchell he there's such good value and he couldn't resist those guys on his bench i don't know if he'll stay with that but he's got shadab khan he's got nisa on his bench those guys are absolute value so um you know you can't blame him that's for sure yeah no i can't like i understand the appeal of going with a spread lineup yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's ask five questions that I've received here to socials. You can answer them for me and I'll be the question asker. Can you afford not to go um, all double game round players for round one? We were just talking about that. I think can. Yeah. I think there's going to be, there's, there's players which, who aren't playing the double, which are, which foreign selection. Um, I am, if I wasn't so set in my ways on Dan Christian and Shadab Khan, I would probably pick Michael Nisa at the price. I would probably uh, consider uh, Josh Filippi. I think he's a, again, good player. Um, obviously, I have my doubts over him, but, you know, he, he can hurt you even in just the one game. He can score for two. Um, so, yeah, I think you can pick... Uh, non double game round players in this, even though there's three people playing, three teams playing twice. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that we could probably take away from. It. I'm go, I'm just like go hard as, but maybe because I've I've even got like two on the bench. I've got Lynn and yeah. uh, Nisa on the bench. Maybe I could peel one back and you know get in just a player who I you know who I want because Shadab can't. You know, he's a great player. He's an international. Yeah. Um, and Dan Christian with no car in there. You, you know, the non-car factor is a big thing. Um, number two question is, um, is NPRs in your bat and bowl a go or a no? Um, look, I'm sort of like, yes, if we do get the right ones. So if we get a couple of 42,000 bat bowls, then I'll be tempted. But right now, I'm, I'm liking the appeal of doing definitely one bench loop and then using the bowl, bowling section where unless a 42,000 cheapy comes along, I'm just going to stick with Sutherland and hope he finds some form. Um, I, I think you, you should definitely have one bench loop. Whether or not you need two, which would mean that you need two NPRs, I don't know. Um, there's probably no particularly right or wrong answer there. It just depends on um, how how money is going in your side. Like, have you are you have you put enough faith in these value players, or are you going to uh, go all out on some guys like you know um, Glenn Maxwell? Are you going to pay two hundred thousand dollars for Sean Abbott to start the season? It just depends on how you want to structure your lineup. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a yes if it fits for you and you like it. You you know, some people don't like to confuse themselves when they play. And if you've got an NPR in your bowl and your bat, you know, um, you can just each week put a reserve on an early game person on your bench. If they do well, just bring your 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 non-player in. Um, look, the the disadvantages of it is that you don't have great depth. You um, you know, you managing your roster everyone else is managing even if you've got one they've just got one more piece on the board it's like a chess game they've got an extra piece to play with it's not without risk i always play nrl super coach you know this year i went a little lighter on my nprs because i thought the team we, you needed depth i don't think COVID's going to affect this year i don't think we're going to have you know a lot of things that are going to trip it up too much so i think you can probably afford to have one in the bat and bowl um if you've got you know, for me, I'm not relying on a Will Sutherland. I'm going to have Nisa, and if Nisa goes well, you know, it could be a Shadab Khan. I could just play Shadab Khan, see how he goes, and if he does great, I'll bring him in. So if you've got quality in those ones, you you only have NPRs so that you can have a look at two good bench loops. If you can get two good people in your bench loop spot, like in your in your playing bench spot, have yourself a be a bench non non playing reserve in bat and bowl if you like, but. The smart play is probably one. I don't think you should go in with none. Um, when do you, what do you, what's your feel for when the boosts are the go? Um, do you have anything that's sort of looking out at you at the moment as a time to maybe flick a boost? I think if we have a big double game round, so if we have like, I don't know, 
I'm going to say if we have like five or six games. And yeah, so this is a good one. Round eight. If you have a look at round eight, the Sixers and the Hurricanes play twice. Mm. But in round seven, um, everyone plays once. And then in rounds, yeah. So like if leading up to it, everyone plays once. So you could almost go super hard at um, that round eight and say, I want to use four trades there. I'm going to designate four trades there. I'm going to do just focus on the um, building my team throughout and then uh, throughout the rounds leading up to it. Then on the round of, I will probably just use four trades, build up my team for the double and then have some players around it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, um, you know, seeing where you could use a, a point to, to pump it up on those limited double game round ones. For me, the ones that sort of stick out um, are probably even into round two. I know if you're somebody that likes um, stars or you want to go in with four stars, I think it's going to be, there could be good options in the Scorchers lineup to grab four. Um, if you're, you know, if you don't start with a scorcher, um, well, you're probably going to start with English, but if you want to bring in a Marsh, a Richardson, um, you know, you want to grab a tie, you know, you want to grab, you want to grab four of them. I think you could probably, I know it's early, early, early days, but I reckon you could use a, a boost in there as well because they're a good team. I think I'd sixes and Scorchers, I reckon, are going to be there at the business end again this year. And I reckon that those are two teams she could probably activate, particularly, you know, if there's, you know, if it's a double game round where they're one of two teams that are on the buy and you want to bring in an extra one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, who is the Smokey that you're tipping to have an absolute sensational um, BBL? All right. Uh, Nathan Ellis. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like his international form has been too since last big bash has been too good for him not to be the leading wicket taker in this big bash. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's got something like fifteen wickets in five games or something ridiculous. Um, but he's been such a good player for so long in the big bash, um, but he's yet to take it to the next level in terms of his wicket taking. Yeah. He's got five. He's got fifteen wickets in five games of T Twenty international cricket. Um, it, yeah, stellar, stellar bowler. I think he goes to the next level. Um, and I think we once I bring him in for the uh, Hurricanes double game round, I can't see him leaving my team. Yep. Um, well, I already said mine. Mine was Inglis. Um, you know, yep. he's under hundred k, and I think he. You know, he, he's got a, a pedigree and, you know, prior form, you know, that I reckon he's due for a bounce back, probably stoyness as well. But, you know, I don't think that'd be a smoky move, but I'm, I'm predicting Ellis to have a huge one. Um, who is your tip um, for the top averaging player of the year? Not to, not top total points, but top, top average? Average. Okay. Um, Let's say minimum seven games. All right, minimum seven games. Who do you think someone's going to play seven games? Yep. Uh, I, look, I'm going to try not to say Mitch Marsh so we can get something different. Yeah. Um, I will go with uh, David Willey. Yeah. I'm going to say Sean Abbott. I reckon Ooh. Sean Abbott is going to have the highest average for the year. Um nice. Well, I mean, some good names in there. Look, hopefully this has been useful to people. Um, we've got our lineups. Our, our lineups are different, but I think um, you've got me thinking about maybe fiddling with the team. Maybe I downgrade a Trent Bolt. I am paying a big, big price for him at 180K. And if that was someone like Nathan Coulton Isle, I've got some actual big play money in there to upgrade, you know, to get in, um, you know, a Shadab Khans or a Dan Christian you know, just pumping the team in with those quality all-rounder types, which I really love in my team. Yeah, definitely. Like, just it was all about finding this value early on. All right. Well, um, in the upcoming pod podcast, I think we'll probably take um, a little bit of a look at um, team lineups, how they're sort of, you know, starting to 
um, line up, you know, how they're starting to roll in and the team squads are sort of getting finalized and we'll take a run through of each team where we think players are going to bat bowl. Um, and we'll probably, um, I don't know, we'll do another podcast for newbies where it's an absolute, um, you know, freshies for freshies who yeah. have never played how to play the game of bbl super coach and how to succeed at it you know things like bench loops and stuff won't make sense to them quite yet um but hopefully um we'll uh you know we'll be able to get a potty out there which explains to them how to do it um nathan thanks for coming on look if anyone out there follows our nrl super coach gun or, or super coach guns on all the pro on the platforms follow me as well and vice versa if yeah. you follow super coach by adrianosaurus you go and follow the super coach guns i'll tag them when i post this to all of my socials so that you can follow them as well they've got great content um across bbl and uh, nrl and um, a lot of really good write-ups. I mean, I haven't done so much of that yet um, where I do some graphics with players I like and what their prices are and things like that. But you guys do all of that stuff really well. So give us a follow on those. Um, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you for having me. No worries. You're a legend. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Tight. Oh! It's four. Oh! Oh! Chris Lynn has taken the water.